Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, October 22nd, 2021, and today we are reading from the Big Book. We're in Chapter 7, and we're on page 93, the second paragraph. Your prospect may belong to a religious denomination, reading that one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Barb W., for the 12 Traditions, Annette M., and reading the text are Katie G., Nancy T., and Sam S. And the newcomer reader is Selvana G., and the host of the second hour is Leslie M. The reference numbers for Thursday, October 21st, 2021, 7 a.m., are 17,957, that's 17957, and for the 10 a.m., 17,959, that's 17959. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Barb W., gratefully recovered in Illinois. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Have a great meeting. Thank you, Barb. Okay, I will now ask Annette M. to read the 12 Traditions. Hi, this is Annette M. from Toronto, Canada. The 12 Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, in OA groups, I never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside um, enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Uh, tradition seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeater Anonymous should remain forever uh, non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Tradition nine, Overeater Anonymous as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Uh, Tradition 10, Overeater Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction. Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our uh, traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Annette. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 93, the second paragraph. Your prospect may belong to a religious denomination. And I will ask Katie G to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. Your prospect may belong to a religious denomination. His religious education and training may be far superior to yours. In that case, he's going to wonder how you can add anything to what he already knows. But he will be curious to learn why his own convictions have not worked and why yours seem to work so well. He may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient. To be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish, constructive action. Let him see that you are not there to instruct him in religion. Admit that he probably knows more about it than you do, 
but called to his attention the fact that, however deep his faith and knowledge, he could not have applied it or he would not drink. Perhaps your story will help him see where he has failed to practice the very precepts he knows so well. We represent no particular faith or denomination. We are dealing only with general principles common to most denominations. And for me, the most important line in here is to be vital. So vital is life-giving, right? When they check us into a hospital, they check our vital signs. So to give me life, faith, so complete trust in something or someone, has to be met with self-sacrifice, which is helping others, unselfish, which putting others' needs before my own, constructive, so useful and purposeful work, right? Action. And the thing is, um, so when I was abstinent, or excuse me, before I got abstinent, and I was just going to church or temple or becoming a Buddhist monk, like I couldn't have two gods. And because for me, the God was the scale, the God was the laxative, the God was being the thinnest girl in the room. I worshiped at the altar of compulsive eating, binging, and restricting. Those were my altars. And then the problem was when I was abstinent only, and I didn't have a God, I was still worshiping at the altar of Katie, my feelings, my needs, my wants. So it's not saying to me here that religion is wrong or bad. In fact, in step 11, it talks about, you know, seeing where religious people are right, make use of what they offer. But for me, the really important surrender is that I must take constructive action, right? I must be entirely abstinent. I must work the 12 steps because what are the 12 steps? They're just a handbook or a guardrail or a tool to give me a relationship with God, right? And then I have to live with my faith to be self-sacrificing and unselfish constructive action. Holy smokes. That's a lot of work, and that's before I get to church. So for me, again, you know, I've had people call me, and they have explained to me that they have this vibrant, vital God life. And I'm not here to put a judgment on that. But for me, when I was worshiping at the altar, again, of food and food behaviors, I wasn't worshiping God, not really, not in the way that I can today. And when I was dry only, when I didn't have um, a God in my life, I was the God. So it's really important for me every day I have to live in step 10, looking at my behaviors, clearing up myself. In step 11, again, looking at my behaviors, prayer, meditation, and of course, helping others and practicing the principles in all my affairs. There's a big paragraph, friends, so help me out here. Thanks so much. Grateful to trudge with you. Thank you, Katie G., for getting us started. And we're on page 93, the second paragraph, Your Prospect May Belong, which goes over to page 94. So although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who else? would like to share on this? Charles H. Charles H. Nancy T. Nancy C. Fran V. Fran V is in Victor? Yes. 
Okay. Nancy L. Nancy L. Sam L. Dara L. Dara L. I can take one or two more. Okay, well, let's stop there. We have Charles H., Nancy T., Fran V., Nancy L., Sam S., and Dara L. Go ahead, please, Charles. Thank you very much, KDF. Charles H., I'm a recovered compulsive overheater. This paragraph, as my friend and, um, my friend Katie said, is very power-packed. And um, three minutes ain't going to do it justice, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to help you, Kay. You know, I love you, special Kay. So, um, you know, and, and I'm a deacon, but I'm not a bleeding deacon just for today. You know, I love faith without works is dead. And I can tell you this, like, like church couldn't help me it couldn't help me stay abstinent. So, so for me, let me give you an illustration of my life. So religion is like a fishbowl and spirituality is like the Atlantic Ocean. Where it comes, when it comes to food and my food addiction. Yes, I could get the word of God, but I could still be selfish and, and, and still not be vital in practicing these spiritual principles in my life, right? You know, I noticed that um, in, in doing some deep work, right, deep work, like like self-sacrificing and, and looking at Charles, right, that, you know, um, I, and this is embarrassing to say, but I have not been um, given seven traditions to, to this life-saving meeting, and I'm going to find a way to do it. I talked to my sponsor about it. This ain't coming in here talking about, look at me. I am so great. Charles, we can't hear you all of a sudden. Okay, Charles, we lost you. I'm sorry. Hmm. Okay, well, let's go on to Nancy T, um, followed by Fran D. I'm back. I got kicked off. Okay, there you go. Okay, go ahead. You have one more minute. Go ahead, please, Charles. All right, thank, thank you. Yeah, I'm taking my minute because, you know, these minutes are limited. <laughs> so, right. you know, I, 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 <laughs> I'm not in here to say how great I am. I'm in here to save my life, you know, and faith without work is dead. So, yes, I, and, and I did my review. I have to make amends to, to some people that I've been talking to. I'm so sorry for being candid about this program. I'm so sorry for telling you that, yeah, if you don't, if I don't work hard, right, harder than I did yesterday, this disease is going to kill me in active addiction. And I want to reiterate this again. I'm a, I'm a deacon, but I'm not a bleeding deacon. Religion is a fishbowl and spirituality is the Atlantic Ocean. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Charles. And now we'll have Nancy T. followed by Fran V. Good morning. Thank you. It's Nancy T. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. There's also other noise, so if everyone could make sure they're muted, star one. Thank you. Go ahead, Nancy. All right. 
thank you. So um, I'm always amazed as many times as I've read the big book and taken sponsees through the big book, I find something that I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was there. And so Katie really did a good job of pointing out this sentence that says, to be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. Now, I know that concept's talked about many times in the big book, but I just didn't recognize that it was here in this paragraph, in this chapter. And it's so important that I know this because um, I'm going to quote my friend Harlan here because he's the one that I've heard say it the most. But about God, he says always, I know two things. One, there is a God, and two, I'm not it. And that's really about as far as I go into the religion and religious conversations, other than we do talk about faith and surrender, of course, you have to. Um, but I don't, I don't tell them who their God has to be or um, what their beliefs have to be. I just tell them that they have to believe that there's a power and it has to be greater than themselves. And that's about it. It's kind of just like the food. I don't get into their food plants. Once we establish that their food is free from their trigger foods, the plan itself is left up to work, be worked out between them and a nutritionist or some other professional who knows about those things. Same with the religious thing. I don't have any kind of degrees or nor what even if I did is what this paragraph tells me, would I have a place in telling people what or what not they should believe. But that sentence, to be vital, as Katie said, life-giving. So that means in order to survive um, in my recovered state, to live happily and free, I have to take constructive action, um, which involves helping other people, which involves helping my community, my family, my service to service for me anyway, is not just in program, but also in my life, in my community, in my church, in my work, in my family. And, you know, it's about getting out of myself because my biggest problem is selfish and self-centeredness. So for me to be helpful to other people is actually a miracle of the program. The fact that I want to do that, I don't do it today because I have to, I do it because I want to, and therein lies the miracle of this. But I just wanted to point out that sentence that was like, oh, wow, I really didn't um, recognize that it was repeated again here in the um, chapter on working with others. But, of course, we've, we've heard that concept throughout the 12 steps and throughout the big book. So thank you for allowing me to share, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. Fran B., you're up, followed by Nancy L. Good morning, everybody. Fran V., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New Jersey. But call to his attention the fact that however deep his faith and knowledge, he could not have applied it or he would not drink. So I, um, this really applies to me. I went to a Catholic grammar school. I received the sacraments. Um, went to confession in church um, every Sunday. Um, yet I continued to compulsively overeat. Um, it took this program and a relationship with God to um, give me a spiritual experience. And really, I just wanted to eat and be thin. And then, of course, when I got to the magic number, um, I, I wouldn't have to um, diet anymore. Um, because that's always what it was, just diets. Um, I didn't know I had an allergy. This God-given program and book um, told me I had an allergy. I uh, My throat doesn't swell. I don't break out in a rash. I don't need an EpiPen. 
um, I, I break out in pounds and misery and, um, and, and a phenomenon to eat more and more and more um, takes place. So um, I, I had a new relationship with God and I definitely had to, um, my faith had to be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. So it didn't matter how much um, religious convictions I had, um, compulsive overeating was my master. And now the master I have, the God I have, it, it's not too big for God. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought I thought God had more important things to do than worry about my compulsive overeating. And um, really, um, you know, I just didn't want to give up the food was the bottom line. And, and I didn't know that I had alcoholic foods. Like, like I said, an allergy where um, even a small amount of them was, was going to trigger the, um, the phenomenon of craving, just like an alcoholic, you know, cannot have a sip of champagne at a wedding. Um, I don't have a, you know, taste the birthday cake at a birthday. The, the, the bride and groom aren't going to be any happier and the birthday participant isn't going to be any happier. And I'm just going to be miserable and trigger that phenomenon of craving and, um, and, make me go bankrupt physically, spiritually, and emotionally. So thank God for this wonderful program and for the work, the willingness and the desire to do the work. So thank you all for being here. Thanks for your service. And with that, I share. Uh, that, I pass. Okay. Thank you so much, Fran V. And Nancy L., you're up, followed by Sam S. Good morning. This is Nancy L. Uh, I live in Georgia. Uh, I am a recovered compulsive eater for today. This paragraph describes me. <laughs> I was one of those people that when I came into the OA program and they started talking about God, uh, I thought, oh, oh, I know this. I know all this stuff. I know about God. And I would known about God ever since I guess I came out of the womb. They had carried me to to worship and to study the Bible and teach me and make me memorize and I knew all of that. So I spent many, many months in OA and I would say my prayers that I had been taught how to pray and then I would go and sit down and have myself a two-hour binge. Uh, I did that for months and months. The only thing that I can say I did correctly is I kept going back to my OA meeting. And I was honest. I just would go back and say, I just did a two-hour binge last night or, I, or whenever I did it. Um, but it took me a long time to realize the God of my understanding, the God that I thought I had known since childhood was not a God, it's not the same God that I have today under, oops, it's not the same God of my understanding today, and the God of my understanding today is interested about my food, he's interested about my health, and I can go to him today and say my prayers and then help a fellow, and I don't have to sit down anymore and binge for two or three hours each day. So I'm just I'm just wanting to say to everybody, 
if you're talking to somebody who says, oh, yeah, 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 I know about God. I know, you know, I know about the Bible. Be patient because sometimes it takes us a little bit longer than it would if we came in saying we were atheist or agnostic. In a way, it is being agnostic because you have a limited view of Almighty, the Almighty God that I understand today. So I wasn't calling myself an agnostic, but I was acting as if I was. Um, and I, I just think be patient, especially with those of us who come into the program and and God is it's a, a vocabulary word and we know all those words. Time please. No. We don't know the God that's there to help us through addiction. So thank you for letting me share and thank you for all the work and service that you do for the people in this program. And I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy L. Okay, Sam, excuse me, Sam S., you're up, followed by Dara L. Thanks, Key. Thanks for leading. I'm Sam S., I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, So this paragraph just reminded me, you know, when I was in uh, relapse, I was so deeply in uh, trying to use my religion as self-reliance. I mean, I was in studies. I had a spiritual mentor. I was doing service. I was on a committee. I was, uh, I was doing every. I was furiously taking notes on the sermon during the sermon. I mean, I don't think my pastor ever saw anything beyond the top of my head. And I was miserable. It didn't work. It didn't. Um, it didn't fix me. I was going and trying to do use religion basically to be healed and um and what the the paragraph really boils down to is the question how well is that working and for me it wasn't working i mean i would go and i would go into i would go into my church and i would plaster a smile on my face and i could not wait to tear out of there and i was screaming on the inside any any time anybody interrupted me from going home and eating my food and it didn't it just didn't achieve the results because i was trying to use it as a conditional way to get the guy to heal me so that i could just eat um i could control and enjoy my eating and it just it didn't work i wanted to work the steps while ignoring that completely necessary crucial first step. Um, I think that religion is great. Prayers are beautiful. Absolutely. But without me taking that first step and realizing I'm an addict first before I'm a believer. And so I had, I had to get abstinent and work the steps. There was no other way for me. And I know that I've, I've tried every way I've tried to use religion. I've tried to use self-help books. I've tried to use everything. Um, and, and nothing worked other than entire abstinence of working the steps. It's, it's kind of amazing. Um, and I realized that my religious convictions, um, they were, they were really selfish. I guess that's what it boils down to me is that I tried to use it to be able to get what I thought was utopia. And, um, and it wasn't until I surrendered. And I just, I really love that we've been zeroing in on the hopelessness in the last couple of paragraphs. 
I'm not trying to come in here to figure out how to be a winner. I'm trying to figure out how to be a loser and admit defeat because there is a, there is a winner and, and that one is God and I can only find it through the steps. I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm grateful that my, for today, my, um, my hands are up and I surrender. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Sam. Dara L., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares on page 93, the second paragraph. Your prospect may belong to a religious denomination. Go ahead, Dara. Hi, great. Thanks. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. Really grateful for the meeting um, and the shares. So this paragraph made me think about, um, I was in college, and um, at the time I weighed 96 pounds. I was living on coffee and carrots and wanted to die, um, was having panic attacks every day. And so I decided um, that I was going to declare a major of religious studies, and um, and I proceeded to go about trying to figure out <laughs> how to save myself um, and how to not want to die anymore and, and how to not want to kill people, you know? And, um, and what I, what I learned from that was that there's actually so much beauty in all of the world's religions. Um, but that also that I was never going to be able to figure out, uh, the solution to the problem of my compulsive eating, my anorexia and my bulimia. Like it is not an intellectual exercise. And, what I heard in the paragraph today um, is exactly that, right? Like that it's about this vital um, spiritual experience. And I love that Katie <laughs> stressed that in the share um, because that's what I don't know how to do as an addict, right? Like I don't know how to get from information to application. I don't know how to have an authentic, genuine experience of all this thing called life that other people seem to love and enjoy like, I don't know how to get that thing inside of me. And it's the same thing for me with God, you know, like until I put down my alcoholic foods, until I get rigorously honest about the things that drive me um, and I'm willing to change from the inside out, everything that is useful, everything that God can use to make my life and the lives of those around me better I'm going to pervert um, into my own selfishness. And I think that that's true with religion, you know. And, and when I think about someone who comes in, in these rooms um, eating compulsively with a, with a sincere belief in God, what I think about is, you know, going to the bar and that person sitting on a bar stool drunk, you know, talking about, and I actually had a stepdad, an alcoholic stepdad, who would do that? You know, he'd be drunk and he'd be talking about like, you know, life is, you know, the, the meaning of life and God is good and all this stuff. And I'd be like, sober up and then tell me how you feel, you know? And I, I feel that way for myself as well. And, and for newcomers, it's like, you know, how do you really feel about God? How do you really feel about religion when you put down the thing that is acting as that, you know, as that thing that's giving you that spiritual experience? Um, and my experience is, is that when I put down food, I actually don't believe in anything, um, and then I have to, with urgency, go and find that power that's going to save me from myself because my mind as an addict is great. It's a horrible place to be, you know, and as long as I'm worshiping at the altar of food, um, that's my time, you know, there's no way to also be worshiping God in a way that is vital and that's meaningful. Um, and, uh, yeah, with that, I'll pass, and thank you so much. Thank you, Dara. 
Okay, so although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And we're on page 93, the second paragraph. Your prospect may belong to a religious denomination, sharing only on that one paragraph. Who else would like to share? Oh, Melanie. Jennifer 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 Jersey. Ross Sam. Okay, Leslie I heard you. Loretta H. Okay. Crystal P. Jill H. Okay, let me. Okay. Okay, let me just tell you who I heard. Okay, I heard Carmela G. Russ M. I think I heard Darian K. Loretta H. Crystal P. Leslie W. And someone else H. Jill. Brenda. Jill. And Brenda, what was that? C. C is in cat? Okay. Yeah. So, okay, let's see. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Eight people, 23 minutes. We can do this, people. Okay, let's, if I got them all right. Um, Carmela G, Russ M, Darian K, Loretta H, Crystal P, Leslie W, Jill H, and Brenda C. Go ahead, please, Carmela. Thank you so much. My name is Carmela G, a recovered compulsive eater from New York. To be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. Um, I was a woman of faith, and it was interesting because yesterday a newcomer who I spoke with asked me if I had a higher power prior to coming into program. And um, I said, oh, yes, absolutely I did. Uh, I said I was a woman of faith and um, had that higher power. But the interesting part, I was so self-centered that I thought I superseded higher power. So therefore, I was God. And my higher power was taking orders from me. But it was this program who taught, it taught me to have the relationship. And it was this program working it and working each step that enhanced my faith and my belief in my higher power that I always knew, but it enhanced it. And this is supported in our big book with Appendix 5 and the religious aspect of this program and how this book enhances our faith. You see, because when I entered program, my mind was sick. I thought differently. I thought everyone else and everything else was responsible for my failure. But as I worked the steps, I realized what my action was. And this is a gift. The way I have a better relationship with humans, my relationship with God today is beautiful. And it is the same God that I knew from childhood, except I understand and respect and love differently. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Carmela G. Russ M., you're up, followed by Darian K. Good morning, Katie. 
Good morning, family. Russ Summary, cover compulsive overeater in PA. So, you know, I, I, I love this program so much. I love you guys so much. I, I, I use that. You know, it just comes out. It's like a tagline, but it's from my heart. Because through this program, I, I realized that I was sick. I was a, a you know, I was a miserable, sorry, sorry human being, like a, you know, a lost dog, a lost puppy. My whole life, I would felt like I was chasing God, like I couldn't get to Him. But coming here and working the steps and living this way, life, you know, I was sick. I, I realized I was sick. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Catholic. I'm no good, good ass Christian. You know, I'm not great at all this. And, you know, I would, I, I'd surrender this for years. For years I would surrender this at the altar. Please take this off me. Or I'd be leading worship and I would have that high. And the next day I'm eating, you know, and I could never understand it. And by coming here, you know, being, you know, thank, thank you, God, that I am here and I'm living this way of life. I realized that I had, it wasn't, you know, not that it wasn't my fault. I just couldn't help myself. I was screwed up. I was built this way, and it's a disease, and I was sick. So that's where all that love comes from, because now I realize, you know, now I have to live this life. And you know what? Sometimes it's just not convenient, picking up the phone or working with guys or doing what we have to do. My reviews are, but then I think of how my life has opened up. And it is about self-sacrifice. And you got to do, you have to work. I have to work for this. Or the disease is going, I'll be dead. I'll be dead. So this this paragraph stirred that up in me. I'm telling you, it's got me choked up because, you know, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be on the line if it wasn't for this program. And living this way of life, I, I know I get redundant in my in my. <laughs> my shares it just it just moved me it just moved me because uh you deal with your sponsees and sometimes you know I, I want to hit them with the bible but you can't do that you know i'm learning to just let it be what it is and i don't have to be a, you know vigilante for god i just you know but for the grace of god go i don't have nothing nothing not one thing in this life if it wasn't for my relationship with God. And I owe it really, truly, I really owe it to what's going on in this phone line. So I know it might sound overly dramatic, but that's it. So I love you. You have a beautiful weekend, and thanks for everything. Okay, thank you so much, Russ M. And I think it might be Aaron K. rather than Darian K. I'm not sure. So whichever one of you spoke up. Hi, this is Erin Kay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you, Erin. Okay. Yeah, Erin Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. Um, yeah, to be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish, constructive action. Faith alone is insufficient. And this, this really, you know, it's faith alone is insufficient. I thought about what what is faith to me? And I'm reading this and I realize that you know, I, I was in OA quite a while, unrecovered, struggling with faith, with this concept of faith. And you know, it wasn't until I started thinking about what a higher power would want me 
to be and do for others rather than focusing so much on what I wanted higher power to be and do for me that, that this, that I started to get it. And so for me, I think faith is the belief that if I live this way by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action, which, you know, constructive action to me means living by the steps rather than my way, which is hustling, controlling and people pleasing my way through life, life gets better. It, it, it does feel like a leap of faith to live differently, but I see life gets better. And as I started to do this, the desire to eat you know, diminished and, and disappears and, and evaporates. It doesn't exist. And it's replaced by serenity and peace and this feeling of connectedness with, you know, it's like it, it goes on to say, he probably knows more about it. You know, I don't, I don't know much about God. I don't, but I realize I don't need to. I just have faith that if I live this way, life is better. And, and it seems to, it seems to work out. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron K. Okay, Loretta H, you're up, followed by Crystal P. Thank you, Katie, for your service this morning, and thank you, God, and everyone on this line who is saving my life. Loretta H., compulsive overeater, recovered with God's grace and mercy, and I live in Raleigh. I I like the line, um, we are dealing only with the general principles common to all denominations. And there's a saying, and it comes from a book that I'm reading right now that religion is for people who don't want to go to hell and spiritual spirituality is for people who've been to hell and that's what's so vital about this program is because it actually as it's been shared it's movement it's our our body you know is is moving and healing and recovering and uh, religion is solid and spirituality is fluid and that's what this pro we have to take actions and i came in as an agnostic and i'm so grateful i did because i had no preconceived notion of anything and it's almost like the set aside prayer because uh, i the only thing i know is that i don't know and it freed me to actually accept some things that i didn't believe in, but also accept some things that I didn't understand. One of the fellows who I dearly love, he says, he doesn't understand God, but he stands under God. And that's where I am today and have been since I worked, it started this program. I, I still don't get God, but he gets me today with work. And I am so grateful as, as that brush here to be here because it has changed, it has saved, and it has also brought me into my faith that I grew up in, and I call myself today a recovered Catholic too. So this program has actually recovered my life, and today I like being in my life because it is very blessed and happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. And again, all be well today and stay well. Thank you, um, Loretta H. And Crystal P. is up, followed by Leslie W. 
Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P, the covered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, this paragraph really, this was my story because, you know, when, when I was in my 20s, I had a religious experience that really saved me from misery and suicide. So for the next five years, I became the most religious, holy person anyone could know. I, I'd given talks to 18,000 people about my faith. Like my parents and family would come to me and say, Crystal, can you please pray for us? Because that's just how religious I was. I was just one step away from being canonized St. Crystal, you know. And so when I came into program six years later, desperately, like just dying of this illness, and I heard the words higher power, I heard people talk about firing God, that terrified me because I know what my life was like without my, without my faith, and I couldn't, I couldn't go back to that. There's no way. But I also knew that without this program, I would die. I just knew that with every fiber of my being, I could not live without my faith and I could not live without program. And so I put myself in this horrible situation where I was on guard all the time because I was so sure any moment now, someone's going to make me choose between my faith and program. Someone's, you know, God was going to put me in that situation and I was going to have to choose and I wouldn't be able to because really I was choosing between death and death, you know. And what happened was I'm so grateful for for people who were so patient with me because they could see that I desperately wanted to work and was working the program earnestly, but I was also really, really, really afraid. And then what happened was God took care of it. He kept bringing me to small little turning points that grew bigger and bigger where I had no choice. I had to either change my conception of God or continue to suffer with my old ideas, you know, and Suffering with the old ideas just didn't become an option at some point because it was too much of pain to to go through without food. And so I would have to change my conception one bit at a time. And it just made it so much harder for me to work the steps. I made it so much harder for me to work the steps living like that. But when I came after three years, what I found was, first of all, never occurred to me that I wasn't actually even practicing my faith, that the only God in my life was me. And I was a horrible, horrible, mean God, you know, And then I learned that God would never do that to me. He would never make me choose between my faith and and program because God gave me both my faith and program. And today I'm so grateful because I practice my faith even better than, uh, than I did before program because I'm not God and the blocks have been removed so I can actually open my heart and get to know my actual God. And today my prayer, there's this old like Aaron Neville song, you know, I don't know much. My prayer is really, I don't know much but I know I love you, and that may be all I need to know. Thanks for letting me share that. Oops, oops, okay, shoot. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, thank you so much, Crystal P. And now we'll have Leslie W. followed by Jill H. Hey, thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks, um, Katie, for your service. <laughs> sorry. Thank you, Katie, for your service today. Um, and thank you for um, all of the people on this meeting that gets service. My name is Leslie W. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. I wanted to share about this paragraph um, just because when I first came into the rooms, like several others who have shared, I belong to a church and a religious denomination and had been raised in the church um, and grown up in Sunday school and I, in fact, growing up, I don't, I don't really remember a time where we weren't, you know, going to church and learning about God, and um, it was just 
it was just a part of my life. It was a part of my culture. Um, and I thought that I, I really thought that I understood God. <laughs> um, I just didn't think he understood me. <laughs> and the reason I didn't think he understood me was because he didn't give me what I wanted. My relationship with God was very quid pro quo, very hypocritical. Um, I, too, kind of dared God um, to, you know, okay, come on, God, you're so big and powerful and high and mighty. Well, then, you know, pull this cake out of my mouth. You know, take this away from me. Take this away from me. Just kept praying over and over and over and over. But I... I didn't really want to change. I didn't want to do the work, the spiritual work required, the unselfishness, the sacrifice. I just wanted God to remove this little problem I had with food so that I could keep on rolling. Um, that ain't how that ain't how it panned out. <laughs> um, you know, I had a lot of lessons to learn. I still do, still do have a lot to learn. Um, I I was really angry underneath. I had no idea how angry I was at God. Um, but I was really, really angry because I felt like I checked all the boxes. Okay, God, you know, I'm singing in the choir. I'm showing up. I'm teaching this. I'm doing that. Where are you? You're not holding up your end of the bargain here. A lot of hypocrisy, a lot of selfishness, and ego. So that had to be broken down. I had to be broken down. All those ideas had to be broken down so that I can then be rebuilt as a new person. And today, I'm so thankful to be here. Um, I'm grateful for the people that began this meeting that uh, that saved my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie W. Jill H., you're up, followed by Brenda C. Hi, this is Jill H., a compulsive reader from New Jersey. Um, I have to say that um, this chapter has come up in a few meetings I've been at recently, so it's an interesting way of coming together, but um, I know that um, my sponsor said that I had to share on this meeting and truly surrendering and trusting that um, someone else uh, knows uh, what's good for me is really hard because I know that most of what I do, um, I do because I want to or not want to, and um, in this program, I've learned that that doesn't uh, get me uh, happiness or any sort of feeling of um, accomplishment in what I have. And if I trust and have faith and um, sit in the passenger seat, uh, then I really wind up enjoying life, having serenity. Um, I know they talk about faith in this in this paragraph and, and trying to um, explain to somebody else when you're working with others me being a visual person, I literally have to visualize sitting in the passenger seat or um, many days I um, 
feel as though I have to let God in first, whether it's to work or it's to the house where I know that there is some sort of uh, confrontation or something inside that is waiting because I would come in with, with guns blaring and uh, resentment and uh, history and make it a bigger deal than it had to be. But now I know that, again, if I picture myself in the storm floating along, um, being that visual person helps to um, guide myself back to trust and faith. And as far as working with others, I've always been very nervous doing that. And um, it's interesting because there's a guide to do so in this book, which is so wonderful because I know there's not a guide to parenting or many other things that we have in life, but um, as long as I follow the steps are written out for me. So I'm not really sure, and I continue to look at what those fears are, and I'm just so grateful, um, and I am glad that I shared. Uh, so uh, thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jill H., and Brenda C. will be our last share for today. Um, this is Brenda. Um, I, what I wanted to share on is um, this passage. It just really hit me. I normally, I, I listen every morning, but I, I just um, haven't shared. But um, when it says that, um, you know, we, we, we come in with, with uh, there may be a person that's, um, you know, you may have a little more religious training or whatever then. It, you know, it kind of hit me because I've been in the program for like, I've been 12 steps for a long, long time. And I know that I've had a vital spiritual experience, and I found a God that I could turn things over to all in the 12-step program. So, But, you know, here I am, you know, coming in, and, and um, I heard something on one meeting, someone told me about vision. And I heard everybody saying that they were recovered. Now, that I had not heard in all my time, um, that you were recovered. That, you know, in recovery or overcoming or whatever, but not recovered. So I, I, I stayed on and I listened. And I listened and I listened and I listened. And so finally I got a sponsor. And the sponsor that God gave me, and let me reiterate that, the sponsor that God gave me, um, she she allowed me to be who I am, which is, you know, I am, I, I don't say I'm a religious person, but I do believe, you know, in, in um, the Bible. And um, she allowed me to be okay with that, but she did give me one thing. She gave me the set-aside prayer. And so every morning, morning I do the set-aside prayer. Take me out of this. Because my sponsor has what I want. I can, I, I can have all the belief in God I want. I can have all the programming, 12 steps. I can quote the 12 steps, you know. But she has what I want, so something is missing. And what that set-aside prayer does for me is let me know that there is something that I need to step back from. That's where that humility comes in. You, I have to say, okay, with, knowing, with all that I know, God still has something for me because I know that the difference between being the size I am and the size that, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll never get to the size of my sponsor, but at least getting down to a, a, a good, a right size is going to take humility because I've been here so long. 
I got to believe that she she knows she has something that I want, and so that means she knows how to get there, and I have been spinning my wheels a lot of times, not getting it. So I, this, this, this passage really hit me, is that faith alone not sufficient. I got to I gotta, um, do what my sponsor is, is, is suggesting that I do. I had to go and get a, a, a nutritionist. I didn't want to, but I did. Time, please. Okay, I'm, and I'm going to I'm going to pass with that. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, and thank you to everyone uh, who shared this morning. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the show ID for today, Friday, October twenty second, the meeting is seventeen thousand nine hundred sixty three. We will now close with the meeting from the Big Book on page one fifty four followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy T. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only? Thank you so much for your service, Nancy T. Um, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relation with your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you tread to the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you. With that.